Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. Today we continue our series titled The Journey with a message titled The Perfect Will of God. This is message nine in our series and it's all about our gifts and talents and God's perfect will as recorded in Romans chapter 12. Listen in, take notes, and I'll talk with you at the end of the podcast. Amen. Amen. Listen, today's message is titled The Perfect Will of God. Amen. The perfect will of God. Let's begin in John, 3 John chapter 2, where we've been on our series called The Journey. Our series called The Journey. The perfect will of God. 3 John verse 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Matthew 6 and 33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Amen. That's the foundation of the series that we're on called The Journey. And the message of The Journey is very simple. The message of The Journey is, is that every person who becomes a Christian in their life, when you say yes to God, you enter into a journey of your life. And whatever your journey was before you came to Christ is no longer the same journey. When you came to Jesus, you received a new journey, a new destination. Amen. Amen. Two people may be riding down the same road. Yesterday, I was riding uh, back to Vallejo from the city of Fresno. And as I'm on the freeway, there was a car that was riding next to me. It was a very beautiful car and it caught my attention. So I'm I'm looking at the car and as I'm driving, I was keeping my eyes on the road. But I kept glancing at this car that caught my attention. And I'm, I keep looking at that car and saying, man, that car is nice. And I'm, I'm, I'm riding along. But then there came a point when me and that car, it went off the highway and I kept going. So even things that have your attention is not necessarily that the things that have your attention are going where you're going. Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. Right. Something may have your attention, but that doesn't mean you have to follow that which has your attention. Amen. Because you have your own journey and your journey is not determined by you. It's determined by God. Amen. I believe in the book of, of, of uh, Psalms, it says it this way. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Another God is ordering your steps. Many are the thoughts in man's heart, but answers come from God. Amen. We have a lot of thoughts and way of thinking in our own way, but God ultimately is the one who's going to have the final say. Amen. So if you want to have God's will, it's best for us to know what God's perfect will is so we don't get distracted by other things. Amen. So I'm riding down the road. If I was going to follow that car, I would have woke up in Visalia somewhere. Amen. I'm trying to wake up in Visalia. Amen. You stare at things too long. You want to follow those things. Amen. There's a man I was talking to and he was complaining about his wife. And I asked him a very pointed question and and he said, "Uh, yeah. And I said, well, that's your problem right there. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Y'all want to know what what he was, huh? (laughs) I ain't going to tell you. Amen. (laughs) Amen. The perfect will of God. Your journey, your journey, needless to say, 
If you want to go where you need to go, you got to get your eyes where they're supposed to be. Amen. We used to teach kids to play, and when we're teaching people, kids to hit a baseball, when we're teaching them, some kids would see the ball when it's pitched, and then they would swing the bat and allow their head to go. And they would miss the ball and wouldn't understand why. I said, did you have your eye on the ball? Yeah, I saw it. Did you see it hit the bat? No. You know why you didn't see it hit the bat? Because you wasn't looking at it. You was looking in the sky. Because you were swinging so hard, your body turned your head. When you need to not swing as hard, but be under control and keep your head at the point of contact. That's how you learn how to hit a ball. Amen? Your eyes got to be at the point of contact if you plan to get the results you want to get. And then when you get to that point and you actually see the point of contact, then you start figuring out, well, wait a minute. If I drag my hands, I can hit it that way. If I get my bat out in front of that, I can go this way. Or I can just keep my bat straight and I can hit this hard. Or I can hit it for power and and really turn my hips into my swing. Or I can just slap at the ball because I just want the ball to clear the infield. You start to get understanding of technique once you learn how to keep your eyes in the right place. Amen. Amen. If you want the perfect will of God in your life, you got to keep your eyes in the right place. Amen. Like the word says, many are the plans in men's hearts, but answers come from God. Amen. So what did Jesus say? He said, the Gentiles are seeking after everything. In other words, their eyes are everywhere. But you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will get added to you. Amen. When you seek the kingdom and his righteousness, everything will get added to you because you'll start to understand the kingdom is not church. Amen. 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 Somebody says, seek church and everything get added. You know, seek church and you're going to find a church. (laughs) Amen. Seek the kingdom and you'll find everything else. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. So there are five levels of prosperity because we looked at the word journey and we learned that there was five areas of prosperity on your journey. The first area of your prosperity is found in your covenant with God. Amen. Your covenant with God. Your covenant relationship with God as king. Ruler over all. Because I know some people who know God as a friend. And I know some people who want to know God as an option. (laughs) Amen. But you got to know God as king. The ruler over all. I don't like cruise ships. I don't even like the concept. <laughs> you want me yes. to get, yeah, I know she wants me <laughs> to do it. <laughs> you want me to get on a piece of metal 
and you want me to go out so I can't see the shore anymore and have fun. <laughs> That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to forget that I'm floating on a piece of metal in the middle of the ocean. And I'm supposed to have fun. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> why, do I, why, why, do I, why am I saying this? Because I got lost in my own thoughts here. <laughs> I respect the ocean. Amen. I respect the ocean. I know how big it is. I know how vast it is. I know the God that made the ocean. So I'm not afraid of the ocean. <laughs> I just don't like the ocean. <laughs> but like all things, I can overcome. Amen. My dislike for things. But the reason I can overcome is because I know the God who made the ocean. And I respect that God as king over the ocean. Amen. And because I respect the God who's king over the ocean, not only that, I know that I have a covenant with the king over the ocean. I have no need to be afraid of the ocean. Amen. I have a covenant. That's right. I just don't like it. Somebody's in agreement with me there. Amen. But that all comes back to the issue of the reality of your redemption. You need to understand you have a covenant with God when you said yes. And your covenant was not based on how good you are, your behavior, or your personal way of doing things. Your covenant is based on Jesus dying for you. And your ability to accept that. Amen? Amen? When you say yes to God, you have a covenant with Jesus Christ. And that covenant allows you certain things. And that relationship with God, if cultivated, will keep revealing to you more and more of what God has for you. Amen? Amen. Which leads to the second thing. Because I made a covenant with God, and because many of you have made covenants with God, we then now have covenant relationships together, which allow us access to each other's gifts and talents as a blessing one to another. Amen. 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 So I don't have to, I don't have to do everything. Amen. Amen. I don't have to do everything because there are other people who we're partnered together that have abilities to do stuff. Amen. And I'm not more special than anybody else. We are one together. Amen. <laughs> so we've been praying for our oikos because we come to understand that what's lacking in our world is in the hearts of other people. Amen. In other words, the person sitting next to you is gifted and talented and has things for you. Amen. We read in Ephesians that God has put a treasure. The inheritance is in the saints. And we're waiting for an inheritance to come from heaven. And it doesn't come from heaven. The inheritance that you have with God comes from the saints that are in the room. Amen. Amen. 
In other words, if the saints next to you are not producing what God has called them to produce, then you're lacking what you're supposed to get. Oh, y'all should have said really. Y'all should have been real amen in that. You should have been leaning to the person next to you and saying amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> I felt so bad. I went to this, I went to this event. Um, I was invited to come to this event, and there were some people that were, were, were reading the book that I sat on for too long. And so they were reading the book. And so, they, they, so I went and, uh, and they asked me to come and sit down and ask, explain why I wrote the book. So I was telling them why I wrote the book. And so as, as I'm explaining it to them, they start asking me questions and talking to me and quoting things. And I, I realize, what was I doing? Why was I holding back something that was going to be a blessing to other people? Because I was holding it back for the same reason Adam and Eve ate fruit. I was made self-conscious. And my self-consciousness stopped me from being a blessing to someone else. Because I'm over-editing. I'm going over and over again. I'm trying to add pages. I'm trying to make it longer. I'm trying to do all the things that intellectual people would love to do. My book can be 75 pages. It must be 275 pages. It has to be longer than it. My bibliography has to be longer than this. And I have to do And I have all this stuff I'm trying to do. When God just said, write this thought, put it on paper, and give it to somebody. But my mind had to get renewed because I'm still living in a world system that speaks to me a certain way and I'm trying to live up to standards that I was not designed to meet. And so were you. Now, it's a good thing to have a good bibliography. It's a good thing to have a 275-page book if you've got 275 words to say. But many times I pick up a 275-word book and the only thing I needed in it was one sentence in two page 274. <laughs> and I'm reading and reading and reading, waiting for the point, and I finally, that's the point. You could have said that on page one. <laughs> And I'm consumed because I live in a system that tells me what I'm supposed to do and I forgot the foundation that do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I'm living in a world trying to meet standards not realizing that God blessed me with something to give to other people and I'm not releasing what I'm given. Because I'm caught in a system that doesn't want me to release it. <laughs> Amen. Do you understand that the system, who, the person who governs the system that we live in does not want you to release certain things? <laughs> and he will do whatever he can do. He will play on you and work on you and do whatever he can to get you not to release what you're called to release. What you're divinely inspired that you can bring, nobody else can bring. <laughs> Turn to the book of Romans chapter 12. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, say, don't hold my stuff. <laughs> Amen. Don't be holding my stuff, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Praise the Lord.
<laughs> Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is what? Your reasonable service. Another version says like this, it's the least you can do. <laughs> Amen. Brethren, <laughs> I beseech you by the mercies of God. In other words, you're going to look at yourself and think you're not worthy, but you need to give yourself to God by his mercy. Not because of your own standard of how you live. Not because of how you perceive yourself. Amen. See, we're all saved by grace through faith. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest anybody should be able to brag. Amen. And unfortunately, there's too much bragging going on in the church. Come on. The royal family I'm in is Jesus' family. Amen. Not the Moton family. We ain't royalty. Amen. Last time I looked, some of my ancestors was picking cotton. For poor farmers. Well, nobody royalty. There ain't no king over Alabama. Amen. There ain't no white king in Alabama. Ain't no black king in Alabama. Ain't nobody a king in Alabama. Amen. Amen. We, we want to think we came from royalty, but guess what? It ain't but a few kings all around. I don't care where your ancestors came from. The odds are that you descended from royalty. <laughs> Amen. And I don't care where you came from. If you Latino, you probably didn't come from royalty. If you Asian, you probably didn't come from royalty. If your ancestors from Africa, you probably didn't come from royalty. And if you came from Europe, you probably didn't come from royalty. And in case I didn't cover you, <laughs> if your family's from indigenous people, you probably weren't royalty. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now, why is that important? Because you've got to understand when God says, I'm making you kings and priests. It's not because of your natural heritage. It's because of your kingdom heritage. Amen. That God gives you a new identity. And that new identity includes you becoming royalty by the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 What my flesh could not do, God has done. In the sending of his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Amen. Amen. Listen. Verse 2. Do not be conformed. Conformed. Y'all remember the OJ trial? Yeah, I'm pulling them up. Yeah, I'm pulling them up. You remember the, the classic memory that most people have of the OJ trial is the final thing. The glove. So, 
So OJ's got the glove and he's trying to put the glove on. And he's like, it don't fit. Right? And we ain't talking about whether he did it or not did it. I'm, I'm going to set that. No, I'm trying to set that fire in here. Listen. <laughs> but what I'm point, I want you to think about the picture of that glove. And the picture of that glove was him saying, this glove is not conformed to my hand. So I couldn't have been the one wearing it. But here's the reality. Anything that gets put over something else is going to do one of two things. It's either going to be rigid and contain it or it's going to be compliant and conform to it. There's no in between. It's either going to cover or it's going to be conformed. So gloves are designed to conform to the hand. It has a basic shape, but when your hand goes in it, it conforms to your hand. And so what he's been told here is, don't conform. Don't be something and let something that you're put to be over shape you. (laughs) Come on, I hope y'all get it. Don't let something you're called to be over (laughs) make you conform. And you're on the outside. Uh, Do y'all understand what I'm telling you? Don't let the world who you're sent to cover conform you to its shape. (laughs) You sit here to cover the world in God's glory. (laughs) Not to be conformed to the world that you're called to cover. Amen? All right. I was excited when I thought about that. I'm sorry about y'all. Come on. (laughs) Do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So you need to be a jar covering instead of a glove covering. Amen. The jar goes over and the jar contains. Amen. The glove goes over and the glove conforms. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You need to let your mind be changed to how you think about what you're here and your relationship to the world. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, your relationship to the world system that you are placed in needs to be shaped by how you think about God. And what God says. Amen. Don't be conformed. Tell your neighbor, say, don't be conformed. Or you're going to hold on to my stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to get it a little personal here. Y'all was a little neutral on that. I want to make it personal. If you get conformed, you're going to hold on to my stuff. And I need you to release my stuff. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) the next part of this verse says that you may in other words you're not just renewing your mind just to get your mind renewed 
there's a purpose and a reason for getting your mind renewed. That you might, what? Prove. What does it mean to prove something? Demonstrate its truth. So if you're going to prove something, it means you're going to demonstrate that it's actually true. (laughs) That you might prove what? The good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. In other words, there's a good will of God. That's good. There's an acceptable will of God. It's what God will accept. And there's a perfect will of God, which is what God intended. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Good will, acceptable will, and perfect will. I want you to think about that for a minute. How many of you can feel, and I'm talking about feelings for a moment, how many of you can feel like you're in the perfect will of God? I'm talking about feelings. I don't often talk about your feelings, but I'm going to talk about your feelings right now. How many of you feel that way? Yeah, it ain't a lot of hands going on. It ain't even a lot of yes nodding going on. Amen. You know why we don't feel like that? It's because we're conscious of our flaws. We're conscious of our shortcomings. And so we sometimes don't believe we're in the perfect will of God because we, we don't feel like that. Amen. There may be things that we feel a certain way about. And, and the, the determination as to whether you are in the perfect will of God is not in your hands. It's in God's hands. Because, see, God knew you from the beginning, and he'll know you to the end. Amen? And sometimes, as I've learned, God's perfect will has to do with me experiencing things that I thought were mistakes, but God was actually taking me through the valley of the shadow of death so I would understand what it looks like down there. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) Sometimes I walk through that valley so God would let me know why I'm supposed to head for the high ground. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes you get in the valley of the shadow of death and you don't fear any evil because God is with you, but God took you there so you understand that when you get to the mountaintop, why you don't desire to go to the valley. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Come on, come on. I, I, I've had seasons where I don't want to go back to. You know why? You know? <laughs> like I said. Why I don't want to go on a cruise ship? Because I've been on a battleship. I don't want to go out there. <laughs> I, I already been on that. <laughs> CJ, say amen for me. Amen. <laughs> My Navy man said amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I'm going to go because my wife want to go. Amen. I see that's public points. (laughs) You need to get points. You need to get points with witnesses. (laughs) Amen. 
<laughs> Amen. My mind is renewed. <laughs> Amen. Go to verse 3. Go to verse 3. For I say, through the grace given to me to every one of you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Amen. Now, I talk confidence all the time. But this says, don't be more confident of yourself than you ought to be. Amen. Amen. Than you ought to. Amen. Because, see, I don't think of my confidence in terms of me better than you. I think of my confidence in all of us can do better than what we're doing right now. All of us can come higher than we, we have been so far. Amen. We have more potential inside of this than we've released outside of us. Amen. Amen. So we should be confident in that and not that I'm better than other people. Because your conceit will take you places you don't want to go. Amen. Look closely. The grace that is given to me. I want to tell you something interesting about the word grace. The word grace is the, the, the uh, Greek word, let me quote it properly, charis, charis, C-H-A-R-I-S, charis is how it's pronounced in Greek. That word is the same word that the word, comes from the same word that the word gifts comes from. So grace and gifts, which is charisma, those two words come from the same place. And where they come from is the word charo, which is to be grateful and to rejoice. So grace, rejoice, and gifts come from the same place. Now, we don't think about those things, those three things the same, but grace is the unmerited favor of God. In other words, grace is a gift from God. Amen. Your gifts are an empowerment to do something. Amen? Amen? And to rejoice means to be glad about something. So if rejoice is the foundation word and the other two words come from that, then that means you should be happy about the grace of God on your life. And you should be excited about the gifts that you have in your soul. Amen. So he says here, he says, I want you not to think of yourself more highly because of the grace. God's unmerited favor. You don't have to think high. You don't have to, you don't have to be impressive to other people because God's grace is on you. And that should make you happy. Amen. Amen. I used to watch this one guy. I, I uh, I have, a, I have a talent that I don't use very often, and I was recently uh, sitting around with somebody, and they were exhibiting their talent. I was watching their talent, and I was thinking to myself, that's why I don't do this. <laughs> I'm watching this brother do what he does. I said, that's, that's, that's why I don't do this, because I don't do it like that, because I want to do it like that. And so I'm withholding something because of perception. Amen. See, I'm telling, you, I'm telling you how we think. I'm, I'm, I'm tapping into you, amen, because you like me, amen? Right. If there are certain things that you have an ability to do, but you won't do because you heard somebody else do it, and you say, I don't do it like that, so I ain't doing it. 
can the worshiper say amen? Amen. <laughs> amen. Think soberly. Understand that your gifts don't accomplish what they're called to accomplish unless certain conditions are met. And it says here, though I say through the grace given to me, in other words, Paul said, I'm talking out of grace, not out of my authority as an apostle. To everyone who's among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly. Amen. <laughs> I was somewhere recently and this guy, he had had a couple of sips of something. And he started doing what folks do when they get a few too many sips. He was not soberly talking. <laughs> Amen. He was talking. And he was just talking whatever came to his head. He was just saying it because he, he, he had been sipping. And so he was talking. And he wasn't thinking about the ramifications of what he was saying. So he was just saying stuff just to say it because it wasn't him talking in control. It's what's in him coming out of him. Amen? So he says here, I need you to think soberly. In other words, don't be under other influences. Don't let other things influence how you look at other people. Amen? As God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Everybody's got faith. Everybody's been dealt a measure of faith. Your neighbor sitting next to you has faith. And you might say, they ain't got no faith. Yeah, they do. I hear people say, that person, ain't, they ain't got no faith at all. Yeah, they got faith. Yeah. They got faith. Their faith is not where your faith is, but they have faith. Amen. God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Amen. Most negative person you ever meet, they got faith in something. As a matter of fact, they're confessing what they have faith in. This ain't never going to work. That's what they believe. They got faith this ain't going to work. And guess what? It ain't going to work. Because <laughs> they don't believe it. They got faith. <laughs> they just put their measure in what they don't believe as opposed to what they do believe. Amen. If that won't work, what will work? <laughs> what do you have faith will work? Well, I haven't thought about that. I know you haven't. That's why I'm asking you to think about it. Amen. Once you understand where I'm going with this. For we have many members in one body but all members do not have the same function. We all have many members, but we don't all have the same function. We don't all have the same way of doing things. Amen. Let's go to our next set of verses here. So we, being many, are one body in Christ. We being many are one body. And I know you know this, but I want you to think about this. Because we're supposed to get our mind renewed. And after he tells us to get our mind renewed, this is, this is the stream of thought he then wants us to follow. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. But you do need to know that we being many, we're one body. Amen. We're one body. So my hand is made up of five individual digits. And if these four 
determine that this one is different and say, we ain't working with that old thumb over there. Look at him standing off to us on the side by himself. <laughs> Look at him thinking he all special because he got, got his own space on the hand. And the thumb was over here. He said, look at that old janky dude wearing that ring over there. That's why, that's why I don't spend no time with them. <laughs> that's foolishness. Isn't that foolishness? But guess what? It happens all the time. It happens all the time. By design, somebody's standing out here and we look at, look at them standing over there. They designed to be over there. And we can't be upset because they're not the same as us. Having differing gifts. We've got to consider ourselves one body. When the five work together, they can do anything. Man, they can pull stuff. They can push stuff. They can hit stuff. They can do all kinds of things when they work together as one. They all have something different that they can do. Amen. I can take this index finger. I can bend it like that. Everybody can't do that. See, that's special, special talent. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but this finger, I can't do that with the other fingers. This finger's special. I'm going to tell you how it got special, but it's a special finger. <laughs> it got jammed and broke and pushed together. That's how it got special. And then these other fingers... Different combinations of these fingers can do different things. And so when I was learning how to play the trumpet, they all had to work independently. And this little pinky wanted to get involved, but I had to keep him out on the hook out there. <laughs> you just get out there, man. Just stay out there because you're going to anchor. You and the thumb are going to anchor the trumpet. The rest of us are going to get busy. Ooh, man. Having differing gifts, differing functions. And just because now I'm playing the trumpet don't mean that when we finish playing this trumpet, you ain't going to come back with the rest of us. Man, think about your gifts, your talents, your one body. And there's stuff we can't do unless you become involved. Amen. Amen. Come on. Listen, let us. Excuse me, go back. So we, be, we being many are one body in Christ and individually we're members of one another. Do you understand that we're members together? We're all, we're connected to each other. We're members of one another. Now, this, now I told y'all our website was down, right? Our website was down because the hosting service made a change. The hosting service made a change and I missed the email. So it's actually my fault that it's not up. But then I was thinking, okay, I'm, I'm trying, scrambling, trying to fix it. And I was on the road, and I'm trying to fix it. Oh, man. Oh. And then the Lord said, it's not because you missed the email. It's because you're trying to do too much. <laughs> he was correcting me for doing too much. <laughs> so I'm looking for a volunteer who would like to be trained to be a webmaster. <laughs> Because it's a skill set I need to release. <laughs> Amen. Just thought I'd drop that in there while I got y'all attention. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 
Next, next verse is having then differing gifts according to this word again, the grace. You have gifts according to God's unmerited favor that's on your life individually. But you shouldn't think more highly of yourself than you ought. But you should be confident in the grace that's on you. Amen. Because you have differing gifts. And that word differing, it means a variety of gifts. And I want you to read this. Having then differing gifts according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. We have differing gifts, but they must be used. I'd like to say it like this. It was such a revelation when I, when I, when I saw it. On Christmas Day, what's under your tree? Gifts, right? So what, what do you do with a gift? You open it. See, y'all being selfish. What do you do with a gift? Thank you. Give it to somebody else. Amen. <laughs> y'all yeah, was like, open it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you, you take the gift <laughs> and you present it to someone else. So a gift must be presented or given away in order for it to really be a gift. Amen. So you have gifts in your body, in your spirit, in your soul that need to be given away. They need to be given to others. And if your gifts are not given, then guess what? You are a Christmas tree. <laughs> so if I walk and say, hey, Christmas tree, how you doing? Because <laughs> your gifts are still under your tree. <laughs> Amen. Cold word, cold word. <laughs> There's a Christmas tree over there. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but it's April. I know. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. All right. Let me get me get back on track here. Hallelujah. Let us. Use them. If prophecy, then let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Let's prophesy according to our faith. Or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching Next verse. He who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who so, so shows mercy with cheerfulness. Smile at your neighbor, please. That's what cheerful looks like. <laughs> Amen. When I was a kid, my mother used to drag me to church. I used to get in trouble all the time. And I used to get in trouble because those uncheerful ushers were always on my back. <laughs> so what I'm cutting up in the aisle? 
So what I'm chewing gum in the church? So what? <laughs> Amen. Amen for all the bad kids. Amen. All the bad kids in the world. I got a special place in my heart for all the bad little kids out there. Amen. <laughs> now, I'm making fun of that because we all heard the stereotype of the mean old usher, right? The mean old usher. The usher's trying to follow rules, trying to get things done, trying to make sure there's order in the house of the Lord. But they get a bad reputation. Amen. And some ushers embrace that reputation. I'm mean and I'm supposed to be mean. <laughs> Amen. Not our, not our sweet ushers here. We have sweet, sweet ushers here. You look, 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 y'all look, turn around, look at, my, look at mom Barbara with that sweet, little sweet smile on her face. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. But guess what? That usher, mean, sweet, otherwise, my thumb out there. Amen. So if my usher's not happy, I need to go love on my usher. Because you know why? My usher's part of my body. And if I see my usher's having a bad day, then I need to not criticize my usher. I need to go hug my usher and tell them how much I appreciate what they do. Amen. And guess what? They'll probably be happier when I leave. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Because why? Because my thumb needs some love. And my thumb will become cheerful if those of us who have the gift of exhortation exhort them. See, it's easy when you serve and you serve and you serve and you serve all the time to get tired of serving. Amen. And when you serve and you've been you've been you've been ushering since 1972. And you see the same thing every week. <laughs> Brother so-and-so going to come in here and he going he gonna, he gonna to walk in and he going to stand right in front of the usher and, think, and look around like he don't know where he going to sit. <laughs> and he going to stare all around the church like he, like he, go, like he don't know where he going to go. <laughs> and the poor usher just trying to get in the mood because there's five people behind him trying to get in the door. But he do it every Sunday. And he's been doing it since 75. <laughs> Three good years and then here he came. And he's been there ever since. <laughs> All the other issues that happen in churches or other places are things that we do and we become weary and well-doing because we're doing and actually using our gifts and we get tired or burned out. And when those things happen, we need the people with the other gifts to come and embrace us and help us be encouraged. Because we're one body together. For so long I read this passage and I was thinking, oh, there's, there's teachers over here and there's this over there. And it's not. It's actually seven gifts that everybody has that we all need to be using. Amen. We need to be prophesying, speaking life over everybody who we can. We need to be speaking the word of God over every person that we can. When we see, man, praise the Lord for you. What? Yeah, God is good, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Amen. Let them get caught up in your exuberance and prophesy to them. Why? Because we saw in the book of Ezekiel that Ezekiel was told by God to prophesy over dead bones that looked like they couldn't live. And he was told to prophesy and make them live. Why? Because God was giving him power by the power to prophesy, to speak life in the things that are dead. Amen. So the first thing a Christian needs to understand, the first gift that you got, no matter whether you, no matter what your function is, the first gift that you have is the, the power to speak life over things that look like they're dead. Amen. Amen. That's why I tell you to guard your words. That's why I don't let people say certain things about themselves. Because why? Because I'm not going to let you speak evil over yourself and I'm not going to speak evil over you. Amen. Why? Because I believe I got power in my words. So I'm going to keep speaking word of God over you. Amen. I'm going to tell you, God's made you a fisher of men. Praise the Lord, man. Folks, it's drawn to you from the east, the west, north, and the south. They keep coming to you, talking to you, because you got the words of life. Because you do. Because <laughs> the word says you do. Amen. What was the prophetic word this morning? Embrace the word. Because there's a new atmosphere. Amen. There's a new atmosphere. How's the atmosphere change? The atmosphere changes when somebody begins to speak to dead bones and not accept the fact that they're bones. Amen. Amen. I won't accept the fact that it's bones. Amen. You're going to live. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Man. Prophesy according to your faith. In other words, what faith is in your spirit, you need to speak out of your mouth. Amen. Don't get, don't get caught up. Don't be conformed. Don't be conformed. Don't let the world conform you. When you see stuff, don't let the world conform you. You got to speak what God says. Amen. What's conformity look like? The president is a buffoon. So, well, so what, I'm supposed to get on the bandwagon or am I supposed to say what God says? Say what the word says. Amen. You know, I, I say I'm praying for my past. I'm praying for my president. Amen. I pray for my previous president. I'm praying for this president. And I had an argument, man, argue with me about that. You praying for your president? You praying? You, 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 he was all upset. I'm like, man, yeah, I'm praying for him. Okay. <laughs> he was all bent out of shape. We spent the next two hours going back and forth. I was like, yeah, I'm, uh, you ain't changing my mind. My Bible says. Pray for your leaders that it might be peaceable for you. Yeah. If for no other reason I need me to have some peace, I'm praying for him. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to let God do what he's going to do with this guy. Amen. Yeah. The president of the United States. Right. It's just that like we were having a conversation, a business conversation yesterday. And somebody said, well, you know, we had another president and it didn't impact uh, black people at that business level. No. Presidents don't change your lives. They change the atmosphere around your life. <laughs> Politics changes the atmosphere. It don't change you. <laughs> so no matter who's in office, only thing that's going to change is the atmosphere. But I got power over the atmosphere because I know how to prophesy. It's the gift that I've been given. Amen. Because <laughs> I've been having my mind renewed and I realize it's not them, it's me. Amen. Listen, people became millionaires doing Reaganomics, Bushonomics. 
Clintonomics and Obamanomics <laughs> and Trumponomics. They're gonna, they, people are going to prosper no matter what. Amen. 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 Do you know that there were people who became wealthy during the time the economic crash happened? <laughs> Amen. Why? Because what happens out there don't make no difference about what you're doing right here. Amen. Because you can get on the bandwagon and say, oh, man, yeah, it's bad out there. Who told you it's bad? What changed? Nothing changed. <laughs> when did it get bad for you? <laughs> my, my, grand, my grandfather said, this, he told me that his father said, he said, he said when, the, when, the, uh, when the Great Depression came, he said nothing changed. He said, we was broke when it happened. It was broke when it happened. <laughs> so we was broke before it came. So it nothing changed. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, I can't, I can't get into all this, but, I, but I'm, the, here's the points I want you to take away. You have to commit yourself to renewing your mind about how gifts operate through you. I am not my gifts. My gifts are what God has given me to do stuff in the world. If I have a gift, it doesn't make me better than anybody else. It doesn't make me more special than anybody else. It means that I have a specific work that this gift is given to me to accomplish. And it's my responsibility to apply my gift, having different gifts, let us use them. It's my responsibility to use what I have been given for the benefit of the rest of my body. Amen. Amen. When I broke my foot, <laughs> feet, <laughs> a couple years ago, when I broke my feet, one, one foot this right foot, I didn't know what happened to it. I was walking around, it started hurting, and I was walking probably for months and months, and it was hurting me, like something ain't right, but I can't figure it out, but you know, I got stuff to do, so I ain't got time to go to the doctor, I ain't going. So it's just a foot problem, it ain't no big deal. I'm a man up, and I'm gonna take this pain, I'm gonna keep on walking. And so I was still walking. I was downtown Oakland, walking two miles a day, walking around, walking around downtown, foot hurting, you know, you know limping, limping a little taste. But yeah, you know, I'm gonna make it look cool, and I'm gonna keep on rolling, man, because it's hurting. But I ain't got time to stop. I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time because I'm a man of faith. I don't get hurt. I just get healed. Amen. Come on, that's what I do. So it's gonna heal. I'm doing my thing because I'm talking trash. But this foot is hurting me so bad. It's hurting so bad. Mm, it's hurting bad. And so me and Tammy went on a trip, and we we're in Mexico. And I lay down to go sleep, and I had an idea. Whew. Great. Oh, my, this is the greatest idea I've ever had. Oh, my God, I got, to jump, I got to jump out of bed in the dark, and I got to find my paper so I can write it down. So I jumped out, and the best, best I'm telling y'all, it's the best idea I ever had in my life. Jumped out to bed, ran, hit my foot on the couch. Ooh! Mm. Woo! I hit that other foot. It was the other foot. That foot was hurting so bad, I forgot the best idea I ever had. I forgot it. I forgot it. (laughs) 
It's true. It's true. I jumped out there. I said, oh, this is the best idea I ever had. Oh, oh, oh. Forgot all about it. I, don't even, I still don't remember what the idea was. Now I, got, now I got a messed up foot I can't put a shoe on and another messed up foot that's been hurting already, right? So now I'm really, I'm really messed up. Finally go to the doctor. Finally go to the doctor. And when I went to the doctor, the doctor put my foot on the x-ray. He, looked, he put the x-ray both of them. He said, well, now the one that's hurting you real bad, he said, ain't nothing wrong with that one. <laughs> it's this other one, man. So he looked at it and all this pain I was going through was a little bone the size of a dime that's not even connected to the other bones. It's a bone underneath, underneath the bottom of your foot. It's, it's suspended in ligaments. It don't even touch the rest of your bones. It's, it's a little thing. That thing was down there hurting me so bad. I said, what? He showed me the x-ray, a little bitty thing. I said, are you kidding me? That's what's bothering me? Yeah, that little thing is, that's what's bothering you. And then this is what the doctor told me. He said, I've been a podiatrist for, podiatrist for 19 years. He said, and if anybody is a podiatrist and doesn't believe in God, they're crazy. Because the foot is so intricately designed. It is designed so, so intricately that there are so many bones in the foot. And it's, it, it can't be coincidence. It's, it's designed Amen. a certain way. And when something's not right on the foot, it affects the whole body. Yeah. So this is my doctor telling, preaching to, my doctor preaching to me, amen? And why I tell you that story? I tell you that story because when it comes down to it, you may be the isolated thumb or you may be the little unconnected bone but you're needed. You need it in the body of Christ. You need it. And God has so designed us to need each other. And when we're together and we're unified, man, we do great things. And God's call for us, and we're going to talk more about gifts over the next few weeks. But I want you to look at these seven things from prophesying to showing mercy, I want you to look at those things and I want you to meditate on those things because you have all those as gifts. Amen. Somebody may have more of something than the other, but we all have it according to the grace that's on our lives. Amen. I spent the day, uh, last couple of days with some business people and we were having a good conversation planning some things and working through some things. And, and uh, as I was getting get ready to leave, I looked around and I just said, Lord, thank you. Because you connected me indirectly to a group of people who had some things I needed to hear. Amen. I said, praise the Lord. Because you know what? You're not limited. We start believing that we're limited and we're not limited. We ha- God can get whoever needs to get information to you, to you, because you're part of a whole body of Christ. Amen. I got answers for somebody else that don't have nothing to do with me. Amen. I got a solution for somebody. I got a quarter million dollar solution for somebody. I'm going ha- to put it in somebody's hands and guess what? And they're going to work it and they're going to get blessed by it because why? Because 
I'm connected to them and I'm connected to this other person. And because we're all connected, this person releasing their gifts gives me ability to hand something to somebody else to release their gifts. Amen. Amen. And that's what the body of Christ should be about. It should be about us taking what God has given us and maximizing because we're one body together. Amen. Amen. Let's stand on your feet and let's pray. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you for listening to today's message from our message titled The Perfect Will of God, which is from our series titled The Journey. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, we want you to feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. On the site, you're going to find more information about us, our church and events calendar, and other messages by myself and by other associate pastors here at Abundant Life Worship Center. Once again, the site is AbundantLifeWorship.net. You can also join us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash AbundantLifeWorship.net. God bless, and we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. And until then, please remember that Jesus came to give you life, and that more abundantly.